Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Are You Crazy, a podcast about mental health in Malaysia. I am your host, Ilya Pikri. And today, since this is the very first episode that I will ever launch for this podcast, I am going to talk to you a little bit about what I intend to do with the podcast, but hopefully we won't be doing too much of these in future episodes because when I listen to podcasts personally, I prefer when the host just jumps into it. So, Are You Crazy? is a podcast from the perspective of the mentally ill in Malaysia, such as myself. What my illnesses are specifically will be perhaps revealed in a future episode. I want to take the scariness and mystery out of mental health so that we can kind of re-inject the humanity back into human sciences. So I hope you'll come with me on the ride and I hope you'll enjoy it. Well, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about the subject of our very first episode. Let's talk about therapy. Everything you need to know about it. How much does it cost in Malaysia? What's it actually like? Is it very similar to the stuff that you see on TV? And maybe if you need to prepare anything before your first session. Well, let's get started. So if I were to describe therapy to people who have never been to therapy, I would actually call it something quite similar to tuition, actually, but for your brain. The thing is, your parents were probably never taught the most efficient way to kind of hack your brain into feeling emotions correctly and unfortunately what they never learn they never get to pass to you so think of therapy as tuition to kind of bridge the gaps that people in your life such as your parents or your teachers never managed to teach you and to create a more stable well-rounded person does that make sense (laughs) So if you go to therapy, it doesn't mean that you have to be wrong in their head or anything. I personally don't think so. In fact, I think most people could benefit from therapy. It's something that I think should be more common in Malaysia. And if it was cheaper, I'd probably encourage everyone to go. But I mean, let's be realistic. Not everyone can afford the sort of charges that therapy will ask from you. Therapy will cost you somewhere between 150 to 500 ringgit in Malaysia. And let me just say, just because they're more expensive, that doesn't mean that they're better. It really depends on their experience and maybe how you personally relate to them. If you maybe get along with a therapist better, even if they cost a little less, then you are probably going to reap more benefits from it than say a 500 ringgit therapist that you don't really get along with. But with that being said, I would say that a typical therapy session probably ranges from 200 to 300 ringgit. I would like to clarify that there is a difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist. When you go to a psychiatrist, they're interested in diagnosing the problem and maybe finding ways to solve that problem so you think about it as like a doctor-patient relationship whereas with a therapist it's less so and it's more like a teacher relationship and generally therapists are not able to give you medicine if you guys are interested in a psychiatrist episode maybe you know leave a comment and i will get to it for your first session you might wonder what you need to prepare right i actually don't think you need to prepare much. 
The first thing is not a requirement, but something that I would personally recommend is a notebook. Depending on what sort of activities you do later on, you might need a notebook to kind of jot down how you feel. And I kind of like having all of my brain stuff in one neat and tidy little book so that I don't lose pieces of paper everywhere, right? Sometimes a therapist will give you handouts that you kind of just want to put in the book along with your other notes. Or sometimes your therapist says something really awesome and you just want to write it down for whatever reason. I like to write down things that when the therapist says feels like BAM! Like a punch to the face but in a good way because that means that they've said something that I really needed to hear. So I would recommend that. And the second thing you need to bring is a question. So this is, I guess, something pretty understandable. You don't know what to expect in therapy, right? Well, therapy is a bit of a problem-solving situation, so what you need to do is to go there, prepare it with a set of problems you feel in your life that you want to solve. Once you've brought out that question, it will really help the dating process because then the therapist can go into your past and try to dig into why, what in your history has caused that problem in the first place. What happens in therapy, you might ask? Well, I would kind of divide therapy into two really distinct sessions because like I said, it's tuition, right? So the first session will usually be what, well, there's a real name for it, but I can't remember what the real name is. So I'm going to call it the first date. During the first session, you may not come out of it feeling like anything's changed because it is a date. Your therapist needs to get to know you better so that they can formulate a plan for how to tackle your specific issue. So actually, I said the first session, but depending on how deep or how closed off you are in that first session, it may take a couple of sessions for you to kind of go through enough of your life story for the therapist to get a clear enough picture of you to move on to the next phase, which is the tuition phase. There's a real name for it again, but I'm just going to call it as I understand it. And the tuition phase is where we really get into the, you know, tuition classes for your brain sort of situation. So once you're over the, you know, the first date, you would then get into the actual tuition phase, which is the part where you learn how to deal with your brain. There's even a whiteboard usually in a therapist room where they'll explain certain concepts to you. Like for example, when I went to therapy, and you'll probably guess what sort of mental illness I have based on this, but my therapist was talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and she wrote down a sentence of what cognitive behavioral therapy was and she would underline keywords that she thinks is really important for me to understand about it. And I remember in the next session after that, she asked me again what the words that she underlined was because that was really important for me to remember. I didn't. So that was that. And it kind of feels like a class except you since you're paying this teacher with your own money you kind of can and should speak up about any questions you ask if there's any time to be a nerd in class the time is in therapy because you're paying a lot of money for it frankly 
even at minimum 150 is not cheap per session. So I would recommend you ask as many questions as comes up in your brain. And secondly, it sounds annoying and not a lot of people like this, but I would actually really recommend that if your therapist doesn't give you homework, that you ask for homework. And homework, when well, in my experience, a lot of the homework is writing things down about things that happened and how that made me feel. It was really annoying when I had to do it, but you know what? It helped. I hate to admit it because I hate having to jot down everything that I do like a planner, but it really did. And that's just my case. So sometimes you'll get homework and that homework doesn't sound that fun, but it's really important and usually it will do you a lot of good. And let's just say if you do the homework and you do it wrong, which is something that I've done before, and you bring it back to your therapist, usually they'll figure out a workaround that fits better with your brain. So even if you're not doing it well, I would really suggest you do it anyway because the way that you approach the homework actually would help your therapist kind of figure out how to treat you, you know? While we're talking about therapy, I do want to mention that a therapist will put a clock next to you. And sometimes you'll see your therapist kind of glancing at the clock. And some people might take this personally as if, oh, if they're looking at the clock, that means they're tired of listening to my problems. Ugh, what sort of therapist is this? That's actually not true because, you know, when you go to therapy, even if it is tuition for your brain... It requires you to be really honest with your therapist. So while you're talking, sometimes you get emotionally unstable. That happens. And when your therapist is glancing at the clock, they might be thinking, okay, I need, I want to delve deeper into this issue, but I need to make sure that there's enough time for me to calm this person down before they leave my office. Because just imagine if you're still raw and vulnerable in therapy and your therapist never stabilizes you and you leave and you just spend the rest of the day in emotional turmoil. That's not fun, right? So if you catch them glancing at the clock, it's nothing personal. They're not bored. They are just making sure that they have enough time to do everything they need to do within this session, you know? So how often would you do therapy? Honestly, that really depends on your budget and just how much therapy you need. I would say that it really depends on how much you can afford. I would say that if you have a big issue that you want to solve, maybe I would recommend a minimum of once a month just to make sure that there's not a huge gap in between sessions and you can get as much as possible from, say, the homework and just in general how you do it. You can go more frequently if you want to. All right, so before the launch of this episode, I did kind of put out a question to see what everyone always wondered about therapy. One of the questions is, if you meet your therapist outside of the therapy room, do they acknowledge you? (laughs) Okay, first of all, whoever asked this, it's pretty funny. I will give you that. Secondly, um, they should, right? I've actually never bumped into my therapist outside of a therapy context before. That's pretty interesting. But I figure it's a professional relationship. You would you know, probably say hi, chat politely a bit, and then leave, right? I don't see why they would ignore you. 
I don't know. <laughs> this never happened to me before. I'm sorry. I can't give you first-hand experience of that. I did also receive a question saying, well, asking, if, if you just want to attend therapy without commitment to doing anything else like homework, is there anything like that? Well, frankly, the situation in Malaysia is that a lot of therapy is private. So you could pretty much just do that if you wanted to. Can't say I blame you because life is so hectic sometimes and you don't really have time to do homework for your brain teacher. I totally understand. So what's important is whether you want homework or you don't want homework is to make sure that you talk to your therapist about it. Because if you don't voice out your concerns, they're not able to address it. If you don't want homework and you just want to go there and you know, hash out your issues for an hour and then leave, you should open up to your therapist about that and they'll figure out how to structure the sessions in a way that suits your life. Alright, so next question I got is, how would one feel after their first session? Would you have mixed feelings, anger, relief, or nothing at all? Well, that's the thing, because like I said, the first session is more of a first date, so you might go home after that first session and not feel too much change. Mostly because you haven't really learned how to change yet because the therapist is still trying to figure you out. Or, um, I do want to warn you, sometimes going to therapy, even for the dating sessions, kind of brings up certain issues that you haven't thought about in a long time. And if you don't have the skill to deal with that just yet, maybe that's going to ring in your head for a while. And so there's a possibility that coming back from therapy might make you feel worse. Um, ideally, the therapist should have kind of neutralized you well right before you leave. But there is that risk. And I do want to put that risk out there just in case. The next question that I got is, how do you start talking at your first session? So I would say that it's easier if you go to that therapist with a problem in mind. So for example, you know that you're really anxious in real life and you're sad about certain things and that's kind of like too many issues and you don't know where to start, right? So when you go to therapy, it's kind of easier to tell your therapist that, hey, so I think I have anxiety, for example, and um, maybe a bit of depression because more often than not, your therapist will ask you questions about your life, like what your childhood is like, what your current life is like, you know, kind of go through everything step by step. So most of the time during the first date, your issues will kind of come up by themselves. Therapists are trained to ask the right questions to get you to answer in a way that will help them with their therapy, right? So just kind of go with the flow and... If you feel like some things didn't come up, you can bring them up yourself. Next question that I got is, do you need to feel like you're mentally unwell before you visit a shrink? And if not, how can a shrink help someone who thinks they're feeling pretty fine up there? Well, if you feel pretty fine up there, maybe you could kind of look back on your life and see if there's any emotional skills that you want to learn. Perhaps how to be more confident at work. Or how to, maybe you haven't had a girlfriend in a long time and you want to know why. That's also not a bad reason to go to a therapist. And you know what, in fact, I'm going to digress a little bit. 
I wish I went to therapy before all my issues kind of bubbled up into a mental breakdown. Because <laughs> the thing about going to therapy is, frankly, it's not easy. And imagine having to go to therapy and trying to learn a new skill while you're emotionally all over the place, you know? But if you are pretty stable in your head and you feel like going to therapy, I do want to warn you that in the process, while you're still learning, you might find that you're, you become less stable during the process. And let me explain why. So imagine you growing up without having gone to therapy. It's kind of like building a really wobbly Jenga tower in your head. And so you're stable now because of all the coping mechanisms that you developed, both healthy and unhealthy. Like even like a slightly nudging it kind of brings the whole Jenga tower tumbling down, right? So the thing about going to therapy is that your therapist might poke around with the Jenga tower and since it's kind of more fragile, it will more likely to fall. And the thing about the Jenga... But the thing is, when you go to therapy, you... Once the, once the tower kind of falls down, the point of therapy also is to help you build a Jenga tower that is more stable than the condition it was before. So maybe during the process you'll feel unstable, but hopefully that would lead to a version of you that is more stable than it was previously. So I would say there's still merit to going to therapy even if you feel like you're more or less stable, but... I do want to put out that warning, so if you feel like you're in a pretty good place, maybe just, you know, go at a time when you are not mentally stressed so that you can do the homework, you can go to therapy, and you can absorb everything that's being taught. One question that I got also is, how long is it going to take for me to be okay again? And that's a really hard question because how do you define being okay Something that I read on the internet that I think really is something to take heart is sometimes you're so concerned with going back to the person that you once were that you're not allowing yourself to become the person that you should be becoming. Whatever happened that causes you to want to or need to go to therapy has happened. There's no way to turn back the clock. If you feel like you need to go back to who you were before, I would say that's really, that is disingenuous to the person that you are becoming. So how long it takes for you to be okay? It's a really hard question to answer because it differs for everyone. Some people never stop going to therapy because there's always a new issue that they need to confront. One thing I would say to kind of give a bit more clarity to the vague answer of how long is it going to take for me to be okay again is when both you and your therapist agree that your issues are more or less resolved and that you can brave the world with all your brand new skills by yourself, then that's when you are okay. There's no such thing as an end goal with your mental condition and if you're better today than you were yesterday, that's really all you can ask for. So sorry that the answer is not really straightforward. I would say that apparently when I read up online, depending on the sort of therapy that you're doing, 
it could take between 10 to 20 sessions for you to really see a difference. Not stable per se, but see a difference. Uh, the next question that I received is, honestly, how do people even find good therapists in Malaysia? Unfortunately, we don't really have like a Yelp for therapist here in Malaysia. So the way it works here is trial and error and also word of mouth. So I've been to therapy and a lot of people I know ask me about which therapist I go to and whether that therapist is good or not. That's pretty much the best way you can do it. I, While we're on this topic, I do want to put forward that forming a relationship with your therapist is really important. So if for whatever reason you have a problem with your therapist, maybe you feel like they're not really helping you, or even if you have a problem with their face, like it reminds you of your ex-boyfriends, for example, I would suggest that you ask for a transfer. And it's uh, it's not rude to ask your therapist to refer you to another therapist that might be better suited to deal with your issues. No harm, no foul. I would say that therapy is a time to kind of be a bit selfish. I know it sounds really bad, but yeah. Because if, let's just say, like even if your therapist's face kind of reminds you of your ex-girlfriend too much, how are you going to focus on what you need to do if all you're thinking about is your ex-girlfriend, right? Well, before this episode gets too long, I think that will be all that we will talk about today on this episode of Are You Crazy? A podcast about mental health in Malaysia. I hope you learned something here today, and I hope it does in a small way kind of clarify what therapy is like. So thank you for all your questions and thank you for listening in. I hope to see you again next week with the next little bit about mental health. Bye!